Welcome to First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis, the birthplace of Congregational Humanism. We carry on that tradition of free thought today, dedicated to promoting a free search for truth, meaning, and justice. Our web address is firstunitarian.org. I'm David Breeden, Senior Minister. Welcome. Unitarian Universalist Minister Wayne Arneson wrote this. We come together today seeking a reality beyond our narrow selves that binds us in compassion, love, and understanding to other human beings and to the interdependent web of all living things. May our hearts and minds be open to the power and the insight that weave together the scattered threads of our experience and help us remember the wholeness of which we are a part. Our theme this month is stillness. And while that may reflect a season that many people in our community celebrate as Advent, maybe some of us, others observe as the festival of lights that is Hanukkah, Others await the return to longer days beginning ever so slowly at the winter solstice. Stillness depends on how we look at it. When sitting still in a dark house looking at the lights on our Christmas tree or Hanukkah bush, if you like, I can look still on the outside but still be churning inside. Likewise, if I see you in a dither, that may or may not be your outsides talking. You may be perfectly calm inside. I've been thinking about this inside-outside view of our congregation at First Unitarian Society in this strange COVID time. On March 15th, we, that was the first Sunday that we didn't meet in the sanctuary, we, in the assembly hall, sorry. We, uh, we went inside and, and we learned to Zoom. All of you gathered here, whether it's your first time or you've been with us many times, you've learned to join this assembly from our distant places in Zoom. We learned a new thing and we haven't been back since, but we will. So on the outside, our building is, seems like it's quiet and things are not meeting as they were, it seems perhaps a little still, but there is so much motion happening. There is so much going on. We are not marking time. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit of what all is going on. If you read your Friday email and monthly newsletter, you know all this stuff. And if you don't, this is where you find the information. In all of our programming, we have things that are going on. I wanna just lift up religious education where Alison Wyeth, who read that great book earlier, has adapted a program that is very much a face-to-face -face program to meet the needs of our young people who are Zoomed out. And, and Alison is creating ways for our young people to continue to connect. Um, even if they're not meeting face-to-face -face every week. Some of them are, some of them are not, but we still hold them in this community and, and Allison is finding really creative ways to do that. 
you know that our adult learning and growth uh, has, has these two really terrific programs that David is leading. Uh, Coffee and Wisdom every weekday morning, and I understand that there's a cohort of people that just show up nearly every day to that, to have, to start your day with some intellectual uh, good fodder for the day and ways to think about the world that, um, that give you something to, to kind of chew on. And then on Wednesday evening, there's Bibles and beer, beer and coffee not required, uh, but new ways for us to engage with ancient texts and, and find new ways to suss out meaning there. Our knitting group is online. We have a writing group that's been meeting online. Um, we have our watching race film series that's been meeting online. Obviously we have new members who were able to join through our pathway to membership is all online. Our active voices continue to meet every week and put out the messages. Our climate justice team is working on a new online presentation for sometime around Earth Day. We've got resource lists from both our climate justice team and our moving toward equity team. The gallery, our, our art gallery has a beautiful online space. It's so much fun to take a tour around the, the work that they've put in that online gallery. Um, our, our music program, that one's a little bit harder to connect, but I understand that the choir and, and people who sing together are having Zoom meetings just to connect. And we've been able to find all this other music to come to us in the interim while we don't have our choir and, and individuals. And we still get to hear Tim and, and, and other people that are beloved to us, and of course, Barb. Our board and our foundation continue to meet and do the work of the congregation. Our seasonal celebrations team is meeting. Uh, next week is the winter solstice. The winter solstice revels will not be denied. So I hope you've seen the information for that and you can participate in that online as well. We keep paying our pledges. And here's what's actually physically happening in the building. One is that the Love Works Academy, our tenants are so thrilled to be in our space. It suits them well, and they've been able to really make a home there. And it's been kind of great that we haven't had to jockey for position. It's gonna work out beautifully when we are back in the building, but they've really, uh, they're really feeling very much at home there. And as you know, we were able to partner with them with our Operation Share the Warmth, get coats to almost all of the children in the school. And in January, we'll be working on hats and gloves. I know some of you have already reached out to me about that. And here's what's, what else is really exciting. A tech team, both volunteers and staff, are upgrading the technology in our upper assembly hall. So that those of you who are joining us from afar, will be able to be continued, you will be able to continue joining us once we are back in the building. After we've all got a shot in our arm and we're able to be back in the building, 
some of you from afar, we, we want you still to be a part of this congregation. We are a stronger, more vital congregation because you are here with us. And we are putting the tech into the upper assembly hall so that that can happen. Also making that space more accessible. It's really thrilling that we are not standing still. We are moving forward. Here's what our Wikipedia page says about FUS. Did you know that there's a Wikipedia page on the history of First Unitarian Society of Minneapolis? Look it up. In the 1870s, the Minneapolis chapter of the National Liberal League began meeting to discuss the ideas of geologist Charles Lyell and naturalist Charles Darwin. Upon hearing a visiting Unitarian minister, Henry Simmons, lecture, 18 members of the Liberal League voted to incorporate as a Unitarian congregation on November 18, 1881, so that Simmons could join them in Minneapolis. The Articles of Incorporation defined the society's purpose as to form an association where people without regard to theological difference may unite for mutual helpfulness in intellectual, moral, and religious culture and humane work. When John Dietrich came here as minister in 1916, he articulated a new theology, religious humanism, which he defined as belief and trust in human effort. And while Dietrich didn't reject theism, he found no evidence for God and proposed a new way of doing church, a new way to be a congregation, to do good without God. Okay, here's a nutshell history of the Unitarians and the Universalists, both founded as breakaway sects of the Protestant and colonial experience in North America. The Unitarians could find no evidence of the Trinity in scripture. And they said, look, we read scriptures as we read any other book, critically and historically. It has to mean what it says, and we take the meaning from, from what it says, not from tradition that's been laid on top of it. We look for facts and evidence in other places as well, like in the sciences, including social science. The Universalists, in reaction to the Calvinist doctrine of eternal punishment, believed in universal salvation. They were early proponents of abolition and the ordination of women. If everyone is saved, everyone is good enough now. The joke was that, that, that California statesman Thomas Starr King made was that the Universalists thought that God was too good to damn them, and the Unitarians thought that people were too good to be damned by God. Both religions, in fact, embraced everyone, all comers, and this eventually became central to the belief that lasting truth is found in all religions and that dignity and worth are innate to all people, regardless of sex, color, race, or class. This, this idea that 
truth, some kernel of truth is found in all religions, still lives with us today, that each of us, each of us has a piece of the truth. This inclusive theology naturally leads to the, the lasting impetus in both denominations to create a more just society. The Unitarians and the Universalists. In 1961, they merged into one movement, the Unitarian Universalist Association of Congregations, sometimes abbreviated as UUA. So, FUS holds two complementary identities, UU and humanist. Some UUs are more theist than many of us might understand ourselves to be. And in places where there's only one or maybe two Unitarian Universalist congregations, humanists and theists and atheists and neo-pagans all sit side by side and perhaps they rub the the pointy edges off of each other. Here in the Twin Cities, where there are several Unitarian Universalist congregations, large and small, we are the most identity-based of all of those congregations as, as humanists. Unitarian Universalist congregations affirm and promote the seven principles, which we hold as strong values and moral guides. One distinct difference between Unitarian Universalism and many other Christian denominations, not all, but many, is that we are covenantal, not creedal. Some of you have been in Christian churches, were raised in various Christian churches, both perhaps Protestant or Catholic, where you said a creed on Sunday mornings, the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. We believe so-and-so, and anyone who says we believe so-and-so is in. In Unitarian Universalism, we are covenantal. We believe it is more important how we behave with each other than what we say we believe. Our seven principles are not a creed. They are values statements that we say we affirm and promote. We live out these principles within a living tradition, a living tradition of wisdom and spirituality drawn from sources as diverse as science, poetry, scripture, and personal experiences. I'm gonna read the seven principles to you. Many of you know them. We often say one of the seven principles when we light our chalice on Sunday morning. Sometimes we say our aspirations uh, of this society, but here are the seven principles. We affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person, justice, equity, and compassion in human relations, acceptance of one another, and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning, the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and within society at large, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all, 
and respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Those were first articulated in 1960 in preparation for the merger, and then um, revisited in 1984 to add the seventh principle, to add the interdependent web to uh, the, the seven principles. In 2013, a woman named Paula Cole Jones, who is an activist and uh, was a member of the UUA regional staff, said, you know, you could be fully immersed in those seven principles, really living your life based on those values and never have to negotiate with systemic racism. Certainly we talk about justice, equity, and compassion. Certainly we talk about the worth, worth and dignity of every person, but we never have to negotiate with systemic racism. And to that end, Ms. Jones proposed the eighth principle. Now, if you read my newsletter article, you know that the eighth principle is pretty wordy. It's a little bit clunky language. And yet, congregations all across the UUA are working to affirm this idea so that we can, in the next couple of year cycle, have an eighth principle added to that list of seven principles. Here's how it goes at the moment. We covenant to affirm and promote journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. Journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions. Our Moving Toward Equity team at FUS has taken on adoption of the eighth principle as a project that we want to um, lead First Unitarian Society through in this program year. We are not sitting still. We are not marking time. We are moving forward. Ms. Jones is coming here for a workshop in March, a virtual workshop. She'll be with us virtually, of course, um, with our, sponsored by our Moving Toward Equity team. And please look out for more information coming for that. I think the date is March 13th, but we'll be talking about how we can be involved in that. She's been working with congregations all across the country to do this. And, and our goal is to get a proposal to adopt support for the eighth principle, the idea, and not getting hung up on the wording, at our annual meeting in May. So to that end, members of the Moving Toward Equity team, especially Sue Blackwell and myself, will be meeting with those various groups that we were talking about. Uh, look for us to talk about this in the knitting group. And uh, in, we're talking about it with one of the RE groups today and uh, perhaps with uh, the music or the gallery or um, all of the various ways that we are First Unitarian Society. We wanna talk about what your questions are and how we move this forward. 
there's it's one thing to get it adopted. That's probably the easy part. Living into it to accountably dismantle racism is the next leap and a big journey. And we don't have to take it all that bite at once, but we're we're taking our steps toward that. Our membership matters. Our membership in the Unitarian Universalist Association matters so that we have a seat at the table to help move this process forward in a, in a national way. And to these new members, you new members who have just joined, you have a seat at the table to vote on this proposal at our annual meeting in May. You are joining something that is a part of something larger, a congregation that helps us individually get out of our self-centeredness and connect to the greater work in the world. You are joining, and for all of us gathered here today, you are a part of the vision of the founders 140 years ago who believed that we could learn together who we are in the face of radical and dangerous ideas. Even though our building, even though our congregation seems to be in stillness in this strange year, nothing could be further from the truth. We continue to lift each other up, to teach, to learn, to reach out, to do the work of justice. We are alive and in this great turning, we learn to lead in love. Thanks for listening. You can find much more about humanism and what's happening at First Unitarian Society in Minneapolis by visiting our website at firstunitarian.org.